Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene was again targeted in a swatting incident. That's two days in a row. She joins us now to talk about her experience and why she's being targeted. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Congresswoman, you have been swatted yet again two nights in a row. This is a new term that I have never heard of. Unfortunately, now I have uh, due to the situation you're dealing with. If you could tell us what exactly is going on. Well, this is something that's new to me, too, and it's it has happened before in the past to people. Um, it's a way for someone to try to get their enemy killed by police. So what happened to me was I woke up just after one o'clock in the morning. Uh, I heard a doorbell knock at my door. I heard people outside my bedroom windows, saw flashlights, and I, I got out of the bed, um, got dressed, and I picked up my gun to carry with me to the door because I, I usually do, especially when I'm not expecting one, and especially in the middle of the night. But something told me to put my gun down and I did not take my gun with me to the door. And so when I went through my foyer and went to the front door where we have windows, I could see police out on the front porch and they were tactically prepared for a very serious situation, guns drawn, and they were prepared uh, to come in the house. When I opened the door and I was very confused and, and kind of scared about what was going on, I asked them what was happening and they said that someone had called 911 and reported that someone had been shot inside my house and that there were children inside and there, there was potential for more violence like suicide or murder. And I said, no, none of, none of that's happened here. I was sound asleep. Um, I asked them, I said, can you, you wanna please come in my house? You can look around. Um, I said, but actually I'm, I'm really scared over what's going on. And then they realized what was happening and they said, yeah, I think you got swatted. And so what that is, is, is someone wanted to get me killed. They wanted to send the police to my house um, into a situation where they thought there was murder happening um, in hopes that, that they would kill me, in hopes the police would kill me or someone else in my home. Uh, so what we have found out since then is the person that has done it is angry at me for the legislation that I've introduced, Protect Children's Innocence Act. Um, and it's a bill to stop these transgender surgeries, hormones, uh, uh, puberty blockers, you know, castration, mastectomies, hysterectomies on anyone under 18. It's a very important bill. It's a bill that we need to pass. We need to protect kids and allow them to grow up before they make these life altering um, uh, decisions that can never be undone. And that's what I've done. I've taken a strong stance and saying we need to protect kids. But whoever is doing this to me, they are for the practice. They call themselves a child trans activist. They're not a child themselves, but they want to protect this uh, industry that is for profit, profiting off of mutital, uh, genital mutilation uh, of children. And it's sick and it's disgusting, but this is who the left is. And they're willing to get me killed for it. Well, last night I got swatted again. They did the exact same thing, um, tried to pretend something's happening at my house and sent the police to my house. But I have to tell you, my local police are fantastic. 
they are on the ball and they definitely know what's happening now. So last night was a total different uh, experience than it was the night before. Congresswoman, there, there is another part of the equation. Um, you're obviously a, a high profile member of Congress who receives threats, I'm assuming. Um, so you also rely on law enforcement for your protection. Uh, so this also raises the issue of police now not knowing what might be a real threat and what is a swatting call. Yes, that is true and it's a good point, but we're, we have a way to handle that now uh, with them and together. And they want to be able to respond to anything serious at my house and they, I know they always will. They monitor my house anyways. They, they are constantly checking on me. Um, they're, they're always nearby. Uh, so I always feel very safe with my local law enforcement. They are fantastic and I'm so thankful for them. But we also have to have to find a way to stop police resources from being abused and, and used, sent to my house when our local law enforcement who are already undermanned, we, they, the Rome Police uh, Department needs, needs 18 more police officers right now and they're hiring. Um, so they're already undermanned. Uh, so they don't need to be coming to my house for, for someone who's trying to politically target me. They need to be able to respond to any other serious situation in our area. So we are handling that because it is a concern of all of ours. Republicans seem to always have to do the rounds of uh, denouncing acts of violence. Uh, have you seen the same level of outrage from your Democratic colleagues? <laughs> no, they're not outraged at all. Uh, I don't think they've said one single thing. They probably are happy for it happening to me. Um, you see, the media is complicit in this as well. The mainstream media is actually probably causing me to be a target with their horrible headlines and the lies they tell about me on television. I know there's one headline out today, and I don't know which uh, network it is, if it's MSNBC or NBC, I need to find out. But they're saying Marjorie Taylor Greene is targeting trans kids which is such a horrible lie. I, I'm actually trying to protect children, protect them from making a, a decision, a, a decision that they cannot undo, a permanent decision that will um, change their body for the rest of their life, make it to where they can't have children later in life, um, and, and probably will be a decision they'll regret because there are so many of these D-trans uh, 18, 19, young 20-year-olds that are coming out and saying that they wish someone had stopped what was happening to them, wish someone had protected them and not allowed them to go through the surgeries they went through, the hormones that have changed their voices forever, um, puberty blockers that, that will give them lifelong problems like low bone density and, and chemical castration. These are serious things, but the mainstream media, the way they lie about me, it, they, are tar they are targeting me in such a dangerous way that they may get me killed. And you know, here's, here's the reality. Freedom of press is a wonderful thing in America, but freedom of press is not the freedom to lie. And that is what they have done about me. And I really should look into it because it's, it's coming to an, a point where I may start having to sue them for what they're causing people to think about me because it's absolute lies, absolute lies. I'm tired of it, my family's tired of it, our district is tired of it, and it should never be happening in the first place. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. President Biden's move to wipe out billions of dollars in college debt is seeing pushback from both Democrats and Republicans. One of those people speaking out against the move is Idaho Congressman Russ Fulcher, and we're happy to have him on to discuss.
Congressman Russ Fulcher, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on today. Congressman, you're on the Education Committee. I spoke with your colleague uh, on that same committee, Chairwoman uh, Virginia Fox, yesterday, uh, who told me that President Biden's loan forgiveness plan uh, could cost taxpayers up to $600 billion. Biden is saying that loan forgiveness would increase the productivity of those that are in debt, thereby helping the economy. What do you say? I think it's absolutely uh, misleading what he's trying to say here. But to understand what's happening, you kind of have to put yourself in the shoes of President Biden and his administration. What do you do if you have wrecked an economy, if you've eliminated American energy independence, if you have have uh, uh, burgeoning inflation and debt and you've promoted lawlessness with your policies and and you've got all this chaos going on? What you do is you make moves to try to purchase votes. You make moves uh, to try to build your party in other ways. And this is one of those moves. Open borders to get more people in and give them the right to vote is one of those moves. Trying to federalize election is one of those moves. Uh, trying to get Puerto Rico and D.C. Is, as, a, as states for more Democrat representation are part of those moves. This shouldn't be that surprising, but it has a tremendously negative effect for those who played by the rules and did things right. Congressman, less than 40% of Americans have a college degree. Uh, the other 60% who don't have a degree, along with small business owners, were also hit very hard by the pandemic and inflation. Who would you say are the biggest winners and the biggest losers here? Well, the biggest winners in the short term are those who frankly deserve it the least. Uh, it's those who have, have gone out and in many cases may never have even finished their degree or have gotten degrees that don't directly apply to employment, the transfer. The biggest losers are those who did the right things, that they, they paid off their loans or they chose to go into the workforce or through, through a professional technical training or uh, in some other path other than taking loans. And now they're having to pay for those who did. And, and, you know, it's the government shouldn't be involved in the loan business in the first place. I think it was 1993, Student Loan Reform Act, where the, the federal government opened up the door for federalized loans and private companies had always done that in the past. Fast forward to 2010, it, federal loans became mandated that it go through the government. And so what happened? Tuition rates jump because these colleges and higher education institutions realize, hey, there's easy money to be had out there. They encourage students to take on this debt. Once again, government is doing things it shouldn't be doing. It shouldn't be involved with this in the first place. It's had negative, negative uh, impacts. Congress does seem to hold the purse strings here, yet the administration is authorizing this plan under the COVID uh, emergency. Um, with schools open and everyone back to work, COVID's not necessarily an emergency anymore. So is Biden's plan even legal? A big question about that. My, my staff has been looking into this. We've been trying to figure out the, the particulars of it. There does not appear to be executive privilege on waiving these these uh, loans uh, from a from a waiver standpoint it's basically an appropriation appropriations are strictly in the hands of the US Congress there is a angle that the administration may be trying to pursue and that's through the Department of Education a regulatory angle 
uh, where uh, they they uh, implement a, a needs-based system, income contingent repayment is what it's called. And so we're trying to look into that. At any rate, it will likely be challenged. It should be challenged. When you're talking about uh, $300 billion plus in negative impact on the American taxpayer, that is basically an appropriation that strictly should lie in congressional hands. Congressman Russ Fulcher, thank you. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.